0: Hallelujah 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 Blessed be the Father of compassion and the God of all encouragement who encourages us in every affliction. Alleluia. 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 The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Mark. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple area. He looked around at everything, and since it was already late, went out to Bethany along with the twelve. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing from a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went over to see if he could find anything on it. But when he reached it, he found nothing but leaves. It was not the time for figs. And he said in reply, May no one ever eat of your fruit again. And his disciples heard it. They came to Jerusalem, and on entering the temple area, he began to drive out those selling and buying there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. He did not permit anyone to carry anything through the temple area. Then he taught them, saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples? But you, you have made it a den of thieves. The chief priests and the scribes came to hear of it and were seeking a way to put him to death. Yet they feared him, because the whole crowd was astonished at his teaching. When the evening came, they went out of the city. And early in the morning, as they were walking along, they saw the fig tree withered to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus said to them in reply, Have faith in God. And then I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be lifted up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what, it, what he says will happen, will happen, that it shall be done for him. And therefore I tell you, all that you ask for in prayer, believe that you will receive it, and it shall be yours. When you stand to pray, forgive anyone against whom you have a grievance, so that your Heavenly Father might in turn forgive you and your transgressions. My Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Lord Jesus have a seat. We're doing something new today. First Fridays, uh, our custom has been to have kind of a marathon. So Mass at 5:30, confessions after Mass, Mass again at seven, and then time for healing and anointing, exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. Um, and uh, And that often was going to like 9 or 9.30, and it just got to be too much. And so, at least for the summer, we're trying to swoosh it all together. There's a deeper kind of theological reason for doing this, though, and that's this. So so healing comes about as the result of the presence of Christ, the healer of our every ill, the one who, who burns out all our afflictions, and he does it in the context of his community. Most of the people that come to the healing mass are not Christ the King people, and most of the people that are at the 5.30 Mass get out pretty quick. (laughs) So, I'm doing this in part to make sure that you all do your part to help us for afterwards in praying for the sick. Maybe it won't work, but maybe it will. Either way, you're free to leave once Mass is done, but make sure you're doing your part while you're here to help and assist in the healing of those who are already present in our midst and those who have yet to come. Esta noche estamos uh, probando un, algo nuevo. Estamos combinando uh, nuestra misa diaria regular con la misa de sanación que normalmente hacemos uh, los primeros viernes. Y estamos haciendo esto por muchas razones. Um, primero, nuestra misa de sanación los primeros viernes ha um, eh, disminuido significativamente uh, después de la covid En, en el en segundo uh, espacio, creo un horario muy difícil para los sacerdotes, especialmente porque, supuesto, el viernes es mi uh, day de off. <risa> Pero lo que es más importante, la, la situación de la curación justo en el medio de nuestra comunidad, Y la mayoría de las personas que vienen a la misa diaria no no son feligreses y la mayoría de nuestros feligreses se van después a las cinco y medio. Ahora bien, si no está aquí para la unción o confesión o lo que sea, uno puede irse una vez que termine la misa, pero de esta manera tiene una parte, una participación en la sanación que se lleva a cabo por medio de sus oraciones. Entonces, al final de la misa expondremos uh, la exposición del Santísimo y los sacerdotes tomarán posesión de sus puestos y las personas pueden pasar al frente para recibir la, la, las oraciones por sanación, el sacramento de unción y uh, confesión o cualquier otra cosa. First Fridays are already dedicated to the sacred heart. And the sacred heart is, of course, the source of all healing. The the Lord's heart made present again, beating, pulsing every day in in the daily mass of the parish. The daily mass of the parish is something like the heartbeat of the church, Christ's own heart beating within us every day on the altar. And so we expose that heart for our adoration. We gaze upon him and allow him... To gaze upon us in a way that perhaps we don't when we can't see him. And remarkable things happen. It's also the feast of Saints Marcellinus and Peter. Now, this Peter is not the one you remember, <laughs> this is a couple centuries later. Peter was an exorcist, maybe a deacon, um, and, and Marcellinus was his pastor. Um, so think of it like, you know, junior priest and senior priest. And what happened was uh, there was a kid who was possessed. Like for real, pea soup, head spinning, kind of possessed. And the, the, the young cleric took care of it, and the girl was a pagan, and her family was pagan, but they were so impressed by what had happened, they decided to become Christians. And so the junior priest brought them to the senior priest, and the senior priest was really holy, but uh, maybe not very subtle, and he got them all arrested and they died. Okay, maybe not quite like that. But but they did. What wound up happening was, was, was news of what had happened spread. The news of the girls' deliverance and healing spread. It couldn't be contained. And so they were found out, and this newly converted family died alongside their pastors. A great witness to Christ's healing power. None of this would ever have happened if the girl hadn't been delivered from the evil spirit. None of this could have taken place if if the girl hadn't been healed. And that might seem cruel or confusing for us. Well, shoot, maybe she'd have been better off possessed than dead. But that's not the way God works. She died whole. She died joyful, along with her parents and her siblings, and her priests. Because she died herself. Illness and disease, sin and cycles and structures of sin, and yes, evil spirits, they have a way of disintegrating our personality. It's not because every cold is caused by a demon in your nose. That's not the idea. But it's the case that the world as we know it is always and never not touched by sin. The closest glimpses we get into the world as it was always meant to be, are the sacraments of faith. That's why God chooses to save us through matter. The most understandable mistake in the whole history of the world is that because things are so messed up, maybe this material world thing wasn't such a good idea to begin with. And it's a very easy mistake to fall into when our bodies start falling apart. Or get sick, or start wearing out, or aren't doing what we want them to. But it's a lie. It's a lie wrought by the devil who, in his pride, fell because he could not abide a God taking on flesh. The question we have to ask ourselves tonight, the question Marcellinus and Peter and their friends had to face when brought before the courts, was whether or not we could believe in the goodness of the flesh even when it causes us trouble, even though we know sometimes it has led us to sin? Is the body worth saving so much that we would be willing to die rather than to to sully its dignity? In este Evangelio, Jesus (laughs) maldice a la iguera de seca y llama a los cambistas y salen del templo. Cuando Dios habla, su palabra tiene un efecto inmediato y promete lo mismo para nosotros. No todos nuestros problemas o nuestras enfermedades son causados directamente por espíritus, espíritus malignos, pero todos tenemos algo de lo que necesitamos ser liberados, algo roto, magullado o herido, que necesitan corazón. Mientras nos acercamos a la Santa Eucarística en esta noche, el Sagrado Corazón se hizo carne de nuevo por nosotros. Oremos con la fe de los santos Marcelino y Pedro por el don del coraje y de la gracia para que podamos soportar con valencia los males y que se nos presenten, pero más aún, ser nosotros mismos agentes de sanación para todo el mundo. So, so, in the gospel, Jesus curses the fig tree and chases the money changers out of the temple. Now, the effect of the money changers is immediate and obvious. He says, get out, and they mm, get out. The fig tree takes uh, overnight, but he curses the fig tree, and it withers. That didn't work very well. Got to work on my snap. But, but what he shows us, right, is that the word of God is effective. It's directive, and it's, in some sense, immediate. And what's, what's crazier, right? Those promises that he makes at the end of the gospel seem too, too good to believe. He promises the same for us. If you say to this tree, get up and go into the sea, it will. Now, uh, I've never tried it, and I don't know that I'd recommend it. I'm rather fond of trees. But, but the point is that what we ask for in prayer really is ours for the asking, not because God's got a massive horde of, you know, bicycles for kiddos to make them happy on Christmas, but because God knows exactly what we need and that the true freedom that comes in Christ is in wanting what is actually good for us and not the endless cycle or list of things that will never ultimately make us happy, which is why it's good for us to come for healing and go home sore which is why it's good for us to come for healing and come home sore. This is not me trying to bait you for disappointment, but it's recognizing that that the authenticity of our relationship with God can be measured not in our timidity, in asking for what we actually want, but in bearing our hearts to the Lord who loves us and allowing Him to heal what is yet unfinished inside us. When they train for exorcism and deliverance ministry, one of the first lessons they tell them is this. You're not going into a situation like this to do battle with the devil. You're stepping into very holy ground to meet the Lord in a special way. It's because we know and are sure of God's presence and the sacraments and sacramentals of the church that help cast the devil out because the devil can't stand the presence of God. The same thing is true for our illness and our infirmity. We don't we're not going in to do battle with cancer or battle with depression or battle with arthritis. That's the wrong image. No. It's that we're presenting our infirmities to the Lord and allowing Him to heal that which is infirm and make up for that which is lacking. But it may well be that what's lacking is not in your body, it's in your soul. And that He will infallibly fix simply by His presence especially here in the Holy Eucharist.